Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Masech Sivamos Daf Mem Vav, which uh, is going to begin a real introduction into what a person has to go through in order to get the Geras process, the process of conversion to Klal Yisrael underway, what are its components and elements, and uh, hopefully over the course of our conversation in the next few minutes, we'll be able to develop a level of clarity uh, as to what's absolutely necessary, what's uh, most uh, primary necessary, secondary necessary in terms of the uh, the Geras process. And we're going to end with a uh, fascinating real live tshuva from Yaakov Ellinger, the Arach Lanair, uh, in his Sefer Binyan Siyun, which uh, is going to shed light on the entire sugya and on the entire daf that we're going to be discussing today. So our daf begins with a statement from Rav Chama Barguria describing a case where a person buys a slave from a non-Jew in order for the uh, and the, the, the slave that this, uh, that this Jew is going to buy is going to be referred to as what we generally uh, call an Evid Kenani. An Evid Kenani, just to give a little bit of a definition, uh, is a non-Jew who's willing to come and work for uh, a Jewish master. And in order to become a, uh, an Evid Kenani, he needs to become partially Jewish. He has to go to the mikvah initially. And when he wants to go free to end his process of avdus, to end his process of servitude, he goes to the mikvah again to achieve his old status back of when he was a Ben Chorin, of when he was free. So he starts with a, uh, uh, a Gerus. He starts with uh, some sort of Tevila immersion in the mikvah. And in order uh, for this, uh, this person to come start working for a Jew, he... Um, has to undergo that, and then to end that process of servitude, he goes to the mikvah yet again. So we have a case that's presented uh, in our Gemara in which the uh, before the Avid Kanani goes into the mikvah to become your servant, so he jumps into the mikvah not l'shem gerus, but rather l'shem ben chorin. He jumps into the mikvah, he's a very knowledgeable Avid, and he jumps into the mikvah not to become a servant to you, but rather to totally... Uh, become free for total liberation. So the Gemara says that the, that the halacha is, is that he becomes a totally free person, and that uh, immersion is going to be valid for his uh, status of a ben chorin. So the Gemara goes on to explain the reasoning behind this is based on a uh, relatively complex limud of what a master actually acquires when he acquires this Evid Kenani. And the Gemara describes that since you don't really acquire the Evid himself, the individual himself, but rather just his peros, the fruits that he produces, or the labor that, that, that he puts forth. So when he does this tevila, L'shem ben Chorin, he's going to become completely free because the tevila is only going to remove the ownership uh, that the master has over the peros of the Eved and, uh, and not over the Eved himself as a person. And therefore, uh, if the uh, if the uh, Eved Kenani goes ahead and does this tevila, L'shem ben Chorin, he's going to go free. So the Gemara tells a story uh, from a Brisa over here about a convert whose name was Beloria and her uh, servants, her uh, Avadim Kenanim, did their Tevila L'Shem Ben Chorin before she completed her Tevila for Geras. She started the Geras process and her Geras was underway, but she hadn't done her Tevila yet. And the Brisa tells us that the slaves go free because they did their Tevila before she did her Geras. But before, uh, but, but, but had they done uh, their um, their tevila for the uh, bnei, for their uh, Evid Kenani, so uh, they would not be able to come B'nei Chorun, which seems to indicate that an Evid, again, after she becomes Nisgayeres, so after um, 
she goes, Beloria went through this process, so an Evet seems to be unable to do a Tevila L'Shem Ben Chorin, which seems to contradict the earlier Gemara, which said that an Evet is able to do a Tevila L'Shem Ben Chorin. So Rava comes along and answers and tells us that if the slaves did the Tevila before her, then they can become free, regardless of their intentions and their uh, declarations as to why they were going to the mikvah. If they, they did their tefillah after, they need to explicitly say that the tefillah was to become B'nai Chorin, and then they can become B'nai Chorin. So the Gemara goes on then to discuss the basic sugyas. Uh, once we're describing status changes and going to the mikvah to affect this change of status uh, in a person, so the Gemara goes on to discuss some of the basic sugyas of becoming a Jew, of Geirus and what goes into the process, and like I mentioned, what the elements of the process of Geirus are. So the first scenario that the Gemara presents is a case of a ger who did mila but doesn't do tefillah. They undergo a circumcision but they don't immerse into a mikvah or vice versa. They do the immersion but they don't do the mila. So the Gemara presents three different opinions over here. The Chachamim, Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Hoshua. So the Gemara says that the Chachamim uh, described the fact that the convert, the ger, for sure needs both the tefillah and the Milah, in order for him to be considered to be a full-fledged Jew. Whereas Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer say that if they are Tovel, but they don't have a bris Milah, they are still considered a Ger, Bidyeved, before they have that Milah, just with the Tefillah alone. And this says Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua is based on a Svara, that before the Kabbalah Satorah, that women must have done Tevila to accept mitzvos, and obviously the women didn't have a Milah, so Bidyeved with just the Tefillah, it should be okay. The question then becomes, what happens when we have a case of mal velo taval, where you have a ger that uh, goes ahead and has a bris milah, but he doesn't complete the uh, the tevila, the second step in this gerus process. So we uh, we had certainly one step, that of the milah, and uh, we're still lacking the second step of the tevila. So Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer actually argue about this particular case, where Rabbi Eliezer holds that this person who had mal velo taval, they had a milah but no tevila. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, he's going to be a full-fledged ger, and his gerus is going to be valid. And he quotes that based on the avos, that the uh, we know that as uh, as, uh, as, 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 as our ancestors were leaving Mitzrayim, uh, the Pesukim described in Sefer Yehoshua that before Yitzhak Mitzrayim, they did Mila, and there's no discussion of Tevila whatsoever. So says Rabbi Eliezer, so the Mila happened with, the, with our ancestors, and since the Mila happened without any mention of Tevila, this Geras would certainly be valid, obviously B'dyevet, but it would definitely be valid. Comes along Rabbi Yoshua, and Rabbi Yoshua says, no, that's not considered to be a valid Geras, because the following Svara, that before Kabbalah Satora, there was certainly a Tevila that takes place. The Pesukim described in Sefer Shmos and uh, Perich of Dalid, that prior to receiving the Torah, Korbanos were given. And Moshe Rabbeinu took the blood from these Korbanos, he, he sprinkled the blood on the people, and Tosos points out, based on a Gemara in Krisis, on Daftas, that there's never any sprinkling uh, blood in the world of Korbanos. There's never any Hazah, what, our, uh, what the Gemara in uh, many different places refers to the sprinkling of the blood. There's no sprinkling unless there's a tevila, unless there's an immersion that comes first. So they certainly must have been tovel at that point. So therefore, Rabbi Yoshua refutes the svara, the logic of Rabbi Eliezer, and this is a machlokas in the case of mal velo tovel. Interestingly enough, on this uh, comment of Rabbi Yoshua, so Rabbi Yitzchutner has a beautiful uh, understanding 
uh, of this sprinkling of the blood. And Rashi on the Pusik in uh, Shmos, which describes the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu sprinkled half of the blood on the people and half of the blood on the Mizbeach. So Rashi says, who was the one that came to split the blood in half? And Rashi comments that a Malach was the one that came to uh, to do it. So Rav wonders, why was there a Malach that was necessary at this point in time? So he describes the fact that the Malach wanted to make sure that the blood that was sprinkled was exactly half and half. That the blood that was sent on the Mizbeach represented the mitzos that Klal Yisrael was about to uh, take on. That were the mitzos bin Adam lemakom, and the blood that was sprinkled onto the people themselves were the mitzos that Klal Yisrael was about to take on bin Adam lechaviro. And uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu was nervous that the Jewish people were going to see that there was more blood sprinkled on the Mizbeach, or there was more blood sprinkled on the people, and they were going to come to the conclusion that either bin Adam lemakom or bin Adam lechaviro is going to supersede the other, and therefore came a Malach, says Rav Huttner, and a Malach had to uh, separate, had to divide the uh, the pool of blood in half that was going to be sprinkled on the Jewish people. What a beautiful idea that comes out of this Shita of Rabbi Hoshua. So where we are right now on the daf is that the Chachamim describe the fact that we certainly need both Mila and Tvila no matter what. According to Rabbi Eliezer, we need just one of the two. And according to Rabbi Yoshua, if the Tvila is done, uh, that's going to be a sufficient Gerus, but the Mila alone is not going to work. As we go on, so the Gemara actually explains that uh, that this machlokes is actually a machlokes uh, elsewhere between Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua uh, and the Chachamim regarding the concept of learning something out from an impossible case. Done in Efshar, Misha'i Efshar, the Gemara describes. And we have over here a case of, uh, we're trying to prove from a woman getting a Mila that, uh, that Mila is unnecessary. So the Gemara wonders, can we be done in Efshar, Misha'i Efshar? Can we learn something out? Can we learn a possibility out from an impossibility? So, uh, the Gemara uh, describes that Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua learn that we can learn out that tefillah is enough from women, even though women can't do mila. But the Chacham come along and the Chacham say, no, we can't learn out from women who are unable to do mila. And therefore, since the men did both before Matan Torah, according to the Chachamim, we require both the mila and the tefillah, even bidyevin. And as we move our way into the middle of Daf Mem Vavam and Beis, we're presented in a, uh, with a situation in which uh, a ger shows up and says, malti velo tavalti. So I had a bris mila, but I didn't uh, necessarily do the tevila. I didn't go into the mikvah. He claims to have done the mila, but we don't know whether or not the mila was done the shame geris. The mila might have be done, been done for uh, one reason or another that had nothing to do with the geris. Maybe uh, he uh, he uh, went swimming in the ocean or something. So, uh, sorry, maybe he, uh, he he had a medical circumcision or something. Maybe he, uh, you know, uh, had uh, some sort of blood drawn from uh, from his body that would represent the mila. So we don't know whether or not the mila was done the shame Geras. So Rabbi Yehuda comes along and Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that we have him go ahead and do a Tevila because his Mila being done the shame Geras is irrelevant. According to Rabbi Yehuda either one is going to be sufficient Bidiyavid. So we have him go ahead and do a Tevila. Whereas Rabbi Yossi comes along and says we can't have him do a Tevila because Rabbi Yossi agrees with the Chachamim that the Geras is going to need both the Mila 
and the tefillah in order to be considered a full-fledged gerus. So the next case that the Gemara presents is a case involving the final step of a gerus needing to take place on Shabbos, where the ger did a proper mula, but hasn't gone to the mikvah yet, hasn't done tefillah. We'll see a real live case of this uh, momentarily, but the Gemara wants to know if one can go into the mikvah on Shabbos, can be tovel on Shabbos in such a scenario that all they're lacking is the tevila. So Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says, we can do the tefillah on Shabbos because that's not considered to be absolutely necessary for the gerus to be completed. He already had a mila. Bidyeved, that mila would be enough for him to be considered a full-fledged ger, and therefore... Uh, therefore, his immersion in the mikvah on Shabbos is not what we refer to in halacha as the makeb apatish. It's not necessarily the final step. Just with the milah alone, that would be sufficient. Whereas Rabbi Yossi, again, who agrees with the Chachamim, says, no, you can't do the tevilah on Shabbos because that's considered to be metakin gever b'Shabbos, mesakin kli b'Shabbos, fixing something, completing something on Shabbos, which, uh, which uh, is going to be the final step in the gerus, and ultimately that's going to be, uh, that's going to be usher. So the concludes over here with a story and a potential ger uh, who had a mila but didn't have tevila came before Abchia and Reb Oshia and uh, according to Rav Safra there was a third person that was there at the time as well and they responded to him when he came and asked you know uh, 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 what should I do uh, with regards to the fact that I've only had a, mik- uh, 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 a mila I haven't gone to the mikvah yet so this Seemingly, this story took place at night. They responded to him to wait until tomorrow morning, and then they're going to allow him to go ahead and dip in the mikvah. So the Gemara says that we learn three main uh, ideas with regards to Gerus and uh, with regards to Bazdin from this story. So in order for Gerus to take place, we need a Bazdin of three people, number one. Number two, says the Gemara, even though there was a valid Mila, a person is still going to be required to do Tevila, number two. And number three is that we don't let a ger go to the mikvah for geris at night, which is learned out from the fact that Dine Torah can't, be, uh, can't take place at night. So too, this geris, this conversion, is not going to be able to take place at night. So there's a machlokas we shown in between the Rashba and Tosos uh, on this third limit of the Gemara, which really stems from the, uh, the whole Gemara, from the entirety of Daf Mem Vav. According to this third Chiddush over here, we said that the Geras can only become complete during the day. And since Geras is considered to be Mishpat, considered to be justice, uh, a judgment taking place that requires a Beisdin. So it's, uh, it seems to have to be under the category, uh, the standard rule that Beisdin only functions during the day. Ain, Dunin, Balayla, which is a rule that we learn out of Besech Sanhedrin and throughout Shas. So uh, on this, there's a Machlokes between the uh, between Tosos and the Rashba. So Tosos comes along and Tosos questions this halacha based on the following premise. And Tosos describes that if the Mila was already performed during the day, so why can't the conclusion of the conversion, the conclusion of the Giris, uh, be performed at night. Because we know that Gomrim din Balilov, that even though we don't necessarily do, uh, uh, we don't, uh, f- have court cases during the day, but if the court, during the night rather, but if the case began during the day, Gomrim din Balilov, we know, that if the case began during the day, we can finish it at night. So anything that starts during the day should be able to be completed at night. Question number one, Tosos asks. And Tosos goes along further, and Tosos says, if Mila constitutes the first stage of the process, and Tevila is going to be the conclusion, then the uh, certainly this second part, the Tevila, should be valid at night. So what comes here, what, what, what comes out from this Tosos, is that Tosos seems to disagree with the Rashba, because the Rashba holds that the essence of the Gerus is the Tevila. And 
before the tefillah happens, with anything you do prior to the tefillah, i.e. the milah, all you're doing is preparing for the main part of the mitzvah. Tosos views the milah as part and parcel of the gerus process. Milah, in and of itself, is going to be a valid gerus, whereas... According to the Rashba, what's necessary is the Mila and the Tefillah. So this is a beautiful machlokas between Tosus and the Rashba, which really, um, really uh, encapsulates so much of the, uh, the Gemara here on Daf Mem Vav. The case that I was alluding to before that, uh, that, we, uh, that we were in the middle of discussing, certainly with regards to this machlokas that we saw between Tosus and the Rashba, uh, develops in a real uh, Lemaisa tshuva, in a tshuva that's, uh, that actually took place uh, in about 1949, uh, in a tshuva of the Arach Lener. Rav Yaakov the Binyan Sion, has a uh, beautiful set of svarim where he uh, discusses in depth some of the real live tshuvos that took place in the uh, Beisden of Yerushalayim in the previous generation, in the middle of the 1800s. And uh, this tshuva uh, is really a uh, fascinating tshuva that took place again in uh, in ER, tough Reish tests, and in Simon Tzadi Aleph in the Binyan Sion, he asks the following question. We have a Gary that went through the, uh, the Mila process. He wanted to become a Gary. He decided that he was going to, uh, that he was going to, uh, join and enter into the, uh, the covenant of, uh, Karsh Baruch Hu and of Klal Yisrael. And, uh, he begins going through the Gary's process. Uh, in the middle of uh, in the middle of the week, so he has the mila done on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday, and in order for him to heal, in order for him to get better, in order to go to the mikvah, so they wanted him to wait uh, until he uh, until he was fully healed to go to uh, to go to the mikvah. And there was obviously a Shabbos that came in between, and uh, there's a concept that we have Mesach Shabbos and Hilchos Shabbos called Ger Shavas Chayav uh, Goy Shavas Chayav Misa. That if a non-Jew keeps Shabbos, the non-Jew is Chayav Misa. Now that's obviously a, a very complex and complicated statement in and of itself, but with regards to the scenario that we have in front of us, this individual does a mila. He doesn't yet undergo his tevila. Shabbos comes along. What's this guy going to, uh, or what's this Jew going to be obligated to do on Shabbos? So he goes to the Beis Dinov Yerushalayim and he presents the, the case. They present the case. He did the mila on Wednesday. The mila began. The mila, the Geras process was underway. He doesn't have the tevila done on Shabbos, is this person going to be required to purposely go ahead and be Michal Shabbos, purposely go ahead and violate Shabbos? So one of the uh, Gedolim in Yerushalayim, on the base in Yerushalayim, uh, went ahead and said that he has to be Michal Shabbos. It was a few hours before Shabbos was going, to, uh, was going to conclude. They told him that he has to write his name on a piece of paper. He has to go ahead, be Michal Shabbos in some other way. So all of the other Gedolim in Yerushalayim got word uh, of this psak that was given by one of the Dayanim, and they sent this question to the Aruch Lener. What should have done? What, what, what should have we done? How should we have gone about this particular case? So the question was then sent to the Aruch Lener. Again, this question of Mila taking place without a Tvila and whether or not this person is considered to be a, uh, a Goy for Shmir Shabbos, for keeping Shabbos, in which case he would have to violate Shabbos, or a Jew, and in which case it would obviously be usher for him to go ahead and violate Shabbos. So the Gadol of the Dayanim, of the Beisden, uh 
paskind that he would have to go ahead and be Mechal Shabbos. The other day on him uh, were furious at this Pesach and it ended up on the table of the Arach Liner of Rav Yaakov Etlinger. And Rav Yaakov Etlinger said that this is absolutely, uh, this is absolutely uh, 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 not okay. That certainly once the Geras process gets underway, so he's Mavdil Ni Bnei Noach. He's decided to leave uh, the, uh, the culture of the non-Jews. He's made the active decision to get a Mila L'Shem Geras. And therefore, he's obligated in every aspect of Shemir Shabbos, every aspect of making sure that he keeps Shabbos to the, uh, to the utmost, down to the T. And since he started the Geras process, um, since he started the Geras process, he certainly uh, would be required to be Shomer Shabbos. Now, the Orch Liner does give a little bit of a caveat that he heard that this is the minhag. He doesn't really um, uh, understand where this minhag has come from, and he gets why the Dayan would have potentially, uh, you know, told this person to be Michal Shabbos, since he would be, uh, in this situation, a full-fledged guy. But we uh, come to the conclusion, the minhag uh, goes, that if a ger goes through this process, and uh, he has a milah before Shabbos, so he doesn't have to be Michal Shabbos. He's not going to be considered to be uh, a guy for Shmir Shabbos purposes. And therefore, we uh, we make sure that he keeps Shabbos down to the T. We make sure that he becomes part of Kedushat Yisrael because he expressed the fact that he wants to be Mavdil Mi Bnei Noach. And uh, as a result, this uh, this Jew is considered to be, this person is considered to be a full-fledged Jew, says the Aruch so what we have over here again on Daf Memvav is Yivamos is a beautiful uh, introduction and really a uh, survey of many Geiris concepts, Mila, Tvila. Uh, we haven't yet spoken about the third step in the process, not necessarily in that order, which is Machlokes in and of itself of Kabbalah Samitzos. But uh, as we make our way through Daf Memvav, Memzayin, Memches, Memtes, and into these uh, beautiful Gemaras that describe the process of Geiris, we're going to be able to uh, really dig deep and understand these sugyas in a very uh, inspiring and meaningful, uh, inspiring and meaningful fashion. That is Meseches Yivamos Daf Memvav.